overwhelmingly, and John does the same, Peter does the same, the most common way of describing the people of God in the New Testament is as a family, as brothers and sisters. Now, maybe that is a scary thought to you. I think about how my brothers and I interacted growing up, and I think, oh, I'm not sure I want more of that. Or maybe you had a good experience. Um, I loved my brothers. We had great fun uh, growing up, but some of it was uh, questionable uh, in the current, <laughs> current climate of uh, you know, what children are and aren't allowed to do and how they're to sort of treat each other and those sorts of things. Um, but I'm sure we can all think of our own families and think, oh, man, I, d- I don't know if I want to sign up to another family Really? Do I want another one of those with all the stress and the drama and all of that? Now, we just spent uh, some time over Christmas with Megan's family, and we went up to Scotland to see my parents and my brother Luke and his family, and we had a great time. It's fantastic. Really, you know, I I can't say how much I love being with my family. But at the same time, I think we can all think, oh, there's things about my family, or there's people in my family. I think, oh, I'm not sure if I want more of those. That's, they're challenging, aren't they? Is, can we be as honest as that? I don't know. Can we start the new year of being real? Um, so it can be scary, can't it, when you think, or if you've had a bad experience with family, some people's families are not enjoyable to be around. That's just a fact. It's not, I'm not being horrible. But the church is meant to be the very best of family. Think of the best family you can think of. And I don't mean, you know, the American ideal, you know, white picket fence and there's two kids and a dog and they're all sitting around all happy. Maybe that's part of it, that there's, you know, those, that speaks to something, doesn't it? That ideal, that they've got comfort and they've got a, a safe place and they've, you know, together and there's community and there's relationship and they love one another. All of the, some of those words that we showed out before. The church is meant to be the very best of family, authentic, loving, dependable. And just over the Christmas period, I've been thinking about the different relationship dynamics in family. And uh, so we're going to spend some time praying about these different roles that we play in families, these different aspects of family, and how we can fulfill those to the best of our ability. And as I was thinking about each of these different things, I I was thinking there's a there's kind of a a physical and a spiritual aspect to both of these. So within a family, and I've forgotten one dynamic at least, but these are the ones that I think we should focus on. Within a family, these are the kinds of roles that people play. Grandparent, parent, spouse, child, grandchild, sibling, aunt or uncle. It's quite unusual. I think aunt and uncle is the only one that there's not a plural of, which that's just a complete, there's nothing to do with anything, but I just found that interesting. Um, so there's these different aspects, different roles that, you can, that people play in a family. A grandparent, a parent, a spouse, a child, a grandchild, a sibling, an aunt or an uncle. Now I'm going to talk about these things just very briefly and then after each one I think it would be good for us to just spend some time praying and asking God how we can fulfill these roles spiritually and physically better. Uh, so I'm going to start with parents. Uh, when we look at Genesis 
And just to say, if you're single or you're unmarried, whatever, this, whatever your sort of status is, these will apply to all of us, okay? These aren't just uh, for those people who perhaps are physical parents. Uh, in Genesis, God speaks to Adam and Eve, and he says, you know, your, your role is to, to have dominion over the earth. You've been given authority over the earth. Go and multiply and fill the earth. That's, it's sometimes called the cultural mandate. Go multiply, fill the earth, take this relationship culture of you two and God walking together and fill the earth with that. Obviously, we know, if you know the story, that doesn't quite work out. Um, and so what happens is, what we see sometimes in the Old Testament as a physical reality, in the New Testament becomes a spiritual reality. And we see more clearly what was intended. And so Jesus updates this in the Great Commission. And he gets his 12 disciples, and he says, go multiply and fill the earth by making disciples. Not by having physical children, but by having spiritual children who will do all that you command, all that I have commanded, they'll do. They'll obey my commands, they'll learn. So he's saying, go and reproduce, but in a spiritual way. So we can all be parents, whether we're physical parents or whether we're spiritual parents, whether we've shared the gospel with someone and then that born again, new baby Christian, we are then responsible for to disciple and train. Because, tell you this, if you are a physical parent, you are discipling your children. You might not be doing it deliberately or very intentionally, but you are doing it. So I would suggest that you do it deliberately and intentionally in the direction that you want to do it. So I want to challenge us to maybe just take a moment to pray and ask God, how can I, perhaps physically or spiritually, be a better parent is there something that God's talking to you about so we're going to just pause for a moment if you're online you're, you're not going to be put into a breakout room we're going to do this as individuals and we're just going to just spend a moment we're waiting on God maybe you want to write something down if God speaks to you uh, but we're going to do this a few times how can I be a better parent maybe your children are grown up and you've never really grasped the dynamic of how to let them go or how to sort of maintain that relationship or maybe you have shared the gospel with lots of people and actually they've said, yes, I want to respond to the gospel. And then you've never followed up with them. And they're like babies that have just been left to try and figure it out for themselves. So let's just spend a moment now praying, asking God to help us be better parents, whether that's physically or spiritually. And I'll call us back in a minute.
Father, I ask that you would help us to reflect your nature as a good father, as a good parent who loves and trains and disciplines and releases into and has hopes for children. And whether they be physical children or spiritual children that we have uh, shared the gospel with and seen come to faith and that we're going to spend time, invest time nurturing, help us to embrace that commitment, embrace that need for effort and time, both quality and quantity time. Lord, help us to be good parents to glorify you. Amen. Uh, the other, one of the other aspects is as a grandparent. Now you may be thinking, oh, hang on, I've, I've, not, I've not even got any children. How can I be a grandparent? Well, again, there's a, you can be a spiritual grandparent. Maybe you're a veteran of the faith. You've been around a long time. You know, I'm 37, I remembered, um, and, I've, <laughs> and I've been following Jesus for over 30 years of my life. Hopefully, I'm, you know, I'm better at it now than I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. That's quite a long time to be doing something. There's a guy, uh, I can't remember his name now, but Vody Balcom or something like that. He's a, he's a sort of slightly controversial preacher in some aspects. But he says, sometimes the church, I think I shared this before, the church is the only place that you would expect someone to have been doing something for an extended period of time and it's, it's, it is acceptable for them to not be an expert. You know, if someone comes to you and, you know, you've been a Christian for 30 years and they say, well, how, you know, I'm, I'm new to this. How do I get to know Jesus? Well, I don't know really. I'm still sort of figuring it out for myself. If someone said to you, I've been playing the guitar for 30 years and someone said, I've just bought a guitar, can you show me a little bit of how to do it? Well, I'm not really sure, I'm still figuring it out for myself. That it would be madness, wouldn't it? Come on, we need to sort of have that attitude about our faith. We need to be investing in it. And so you might have been a Christian for a long time and you can play the role of grandparent for people. Maybe you're not, maybe you've shared the gospel with someone and when you've shared it with them, that's it, they've got to the, the that's as far as it's gone. I am raising my children, Megan and I, I'm not doing it on my own, goodness grief, Megan's probably doing it more on <laughs> her own than I am, but I, I, in my mind, I'm raising them not to be good adults, but to be good parents, because I think they, it's likely that they will be parents at some point, so I want them to be good adults, because good adults are good parents, but there's a part in my mind where I'm thinking, how I act towards them, they're probably going to treat their children either in a similar way, or they're going to think, that was rubbish, I'm going to do it completely the other way, so I want to I'm tr it's in my mind as I'm training them as we're sort of sharing the gospel with people as we're discipling people we need to be thinking about thinking about it in the way that Paul spoke to Timothy said the things that I'm entrusting to you entrust to faithful men who can entrust to other people and to others we need to think generationally otherwise you know as I say the church is always one generation from extinction now, obviously Jesus is building the church so it's not all on us but we need to be thinking generationally. Maybe you're a physical grandparent and your grandchildren don't know Jesus and their parents aren't going to tell your grandchildren don't know Jesus and their parents aren't going to tell them. There's a role there for you to play. 
you obviously have to do that sensitively because you've got a relationship with your child to consider as well. But let's ask God. Let's just spend a minute asking God to help us make disciples who will make disciples who will make disciples. Help, let's ask God to help us think generationally. Spend a minute doing that. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would always keep in mind that we are one link in the chain of the church. That we have uh, grandparents and great-great-grandparents going, stretching all the way back to the time of the New Testament where one generation has passed the gospel on to another and taught them how to pass it on to the next and help us to have that grandparent mentality that we are able to raise up not just uh, good, mature believers, but believers who will reproduce and reproduce and reproduce and the gospel will continue into the next generation and the next. Help us to <clears throat> not be those who uh, get old and get bitter that things aren't how they used to be or the way that we enjoy, but that we would grow old with grace, embracing the next generation and the one after it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, the next uh, aspect of relationship, family relationship, I want to talk about is uh, as a child, we are all children. You are someone's child, or you were if you're uh, parents are no longer with us. But within the family of God, we all relate as children to God. He is our Father. And just very simply, I just wanted to put a challenge out to you and ask, how can you better honor your parents? The Bible talks about honoring your father and mother. And how can you... Uh, better live in the good of being a child of God. I sang that song, I've lived in the goodness of God. All my life he's been faithful. I love that song because it reminds me, all, all my life he's been faithful. I think of all of the, you know, talk about the stupid stuff that we used to do as kids, me and my brothers. I think of all the times that particularly my brothers should have died or should have killed me. All my life he's been faithful. He kept me... There was one time where I had something wrong with my head. You'd be surprised to know. Um, and it got discovered because we were play fighting. And they, you know, one of my brothers pushed me and I hit my head on this cupboard. Um, and it meant that this issue that I had got discovered. And that would have been really sort of damaging to my life. I could have ended up paralyzed or all sorts of things if it hadn't been discovered at the time that it was. So, you know, 
there's the faithfulness of God even in that sort of those things where um, we perhaps don't realize it but let's spend a minute just asking God how can we better honor our parents and whether they're not with us maybe you think if your physical parents aren't around anymore maybe you could think of your spiritual parents or ask how you can live in the good of being a child of God better just spend uh, just another minute doing that Father, I pray that whatever our relationship has been like with our earthly parents, that we would live in the good of knowing that you are our Father, that you will never leave or forsake us, that you, you train us for good, you discipline us for our own good, that you always do it in the most loving, gentle, tender way. You're never harsh or unfair. You're a good, just, loving Father. Help us to enjoy that, live in the good of that delight that you have in us. Just as I was holding Joseph this morning, just thinking, oh, I just love this boy. That's how God feels about you. He wants to hold you close. Help us live in the good of that, Lord. Amen. I'm going to skip on to uh, the last two because I want to honour people's time as well and we're slightly over already. Uh, <clears throat> so I want to talk about being a sibling and then I want to talk about being an aunt or an uncle. Uh, so as I mentioned, the word brothers or uh, siblings is the main descriptor, I would argue, for how Christians uh, are described in the New Testament. Uh, words like saints or uh, other words are used brothers and sisters and that should be the main sort of driver for how we interact with one another so if you want to you can start calling me brother Aaron <laughs> there are some people that do that aren't there? there are churches that do that they say oh you know I'm here with brother and I think it's a good habit I'm not suggesting that we go for it because it sounds a little bit weird sometimes but actually in your mind it's good to reset and think about the people in this room, the people that are normally gathered with us, the people that are at home online who are joining us as our brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. You're my sister. You're my brother. What would I do for my brothers and sisters? I am a terrible, I am terrible at <laughs> maintaining relationship with my brothers and sisters. I'm absolutely dreadful at it. I've probably said this a number of times. You know, I, but when I'm with my brother, Luke, who lives in Scotland, it's like no time has gone past. And I try to make efforts to sort of do that, but it's like no time has gone past. Which it's, it's straight back in. There's, if he was in trouble, I would be straight up to Scotland as soon as I could get there. Obviously, I'd have to sort out my own family as well, make sure they're okay, rather than, you know, otherwise he'd have to swap to come down and sort my family out. But if there's a problem, I'd be there straight away. 
do, you have, do we have that attitude for our brothers and sisters in Christ? It used to be one of the things that the church was criticized for wrongly. There's two things that the church, I can't remember exactly the, the, the time period, but they were sort of the church was derided because they were cannibals because they ate the flesh of Christ and drank his blood. You know, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood spilt for you. And they were incestuous because brothers and sisters married each other because their attitude was, this is my brother, this is my sister. Now, obviously, within the church, sometimes people get married. That's just what happens. But outsiders would think, I thought you were brother and sister and now you're married. Are our relationships like that? How do you show affection for your physical brothers and sisters? Do you need to forgive them or ask forgiveness from them? With your spiritual brothers and sisters, do you primarily relate to others in the church as your siblings or something else? Let's just spend a minute listening to God, thinking about that, and then I'll talk about one more. Jesus, I thank you that you are not ashamed to call us brothers, that we have been adopted by the Holy Spirit. We cry, Abba, Father. We have a spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship. We are family, Lord. I pray we would have affection for one another as siblings, that we would recognize we are brothers and sisters, and we would help one another we would look to serve one another to love one another to encourage one another as the the best siblings that we can think of think of that relationship and then improve it and that's how we want to be Lord Amen and then the last thing I want to talk about I apologise we've gone over slightly but is aunt and uncle when I was growing up, I had an Auntie Mary. Uh, she was my nan's best friend. She had no children of her own. She was never married. She was my Auntie Mary. She would, as she got older, instead of sticking pound coins in uh, your birthday card, she would stick buttons. Uh, but she was Auntie Mary, and we loved her. And she was often at my grandparents' house. She would come and sit in Auntie Mary's chair. And there are many cultures where that is the norm, actually. You would have a friend of the family or, you know, whether they had children of their own, they would be auntie whoever or uncle whoever. Uh, respect. respect, yeah, there's a, there's a sort of a, a, an acknowledgement. This is an older person who I respect who has, you know, some measure of or, you know, input into my life. And I want to encourage you to play that role. Uh, Megan used to tell me off a little bit because I would tell other people's children off. I'd have no issue with that. Um, 
<laughs> I'm getting a clap from Warren. I'll probably get a slap from Megan. Um, <laughs> and I think sometimes I did it a little bit too much, you know, because the parents were there. Um, but, um, you know, I, and you, we, have to be, we have to be very sensitive about these things. I'm not suggesting, you know, if my kids are doing something wrong that you go around and slap them around the head. You could come and talk to me about it. But equally, if they're doing something they, you know they shouldn't be doing, you could say to them, you know, would your mum and dad be happy about you doing that? What would they think? You are at liberty to do that to my children, to speak to my children. You know, obviously sensitively. Because um, I don't want to fall out with you, even though you're my sibling. Uh, <laughs> but if you're a physical aunt or uncle, or you're a friend of a family, when... Um, before Jenny was married to Gareth, she would spend a lot of time at our house. And she was like, she's like Auntie Jenny to our children. That's just the way it is, you know. We don't necessarily call her that. But there, there's these, there's a role to be played for being alongside a family. There was a guy who used to be in this church uh, called Ben McDonald, who, um, when another man who was in this church passed away, he really invested in the, the young boy of that, the son of that guy who died, and he would take him out and he would take him to different places. And I thought that's just so fantastic. He is, he's not trying to be that kid's dad, but he's trying to be his uncle. And that's what we need to be like. And so maybe physically get alongside a family and say, Oh, you know, can I come and be, you know, uncle or you know you don't have to say it like that, but just be around. If you are a family, invite those who perhaps don't have children of their own or aren't married or into your family. Let them be around. Some of the most meaningful experiences of my life were with other people's families. When I was a young single man, I would, be, I would join in with what others were doing. Oh, we're going on a day trip to this place. You know, you're going to come with us? Sometimes that's because I could drive and they needed an extra car. But I still got to be involved in the family. Let's pray, ask God to help us physically invest in the lives of others, to use our unique position as someone sort of adjacent to the family to input, and spiritually to come alongside those who are discipling, to join in with what families are doing and help encourage them spiritually. Just spend a minute doing that and then I'll close us in prayer.